this is Off Air, the juicy designer podcast for creatives. I'm Abby from Abby Design. And I'm Katie from Wildflower Design Co. And we're here to share the secrets behind what it's really like to own a freelance design business. So you want to be a brand designer, now what? I think this is the biggest question and something sort of start up and have no clue sort of where to go through from there. So this episode is going to be diving into where the how to start once you figure out that you actually want to be a brand designer. So me and Katie are here to discuss exactly what you can do, what route to go down and how to actually start. Yeah, so obviously I get so many questions on the daily, like just some kind of basic questions like what program am I supposed to be using or how do I get started? And I think it's really important we address these things, especially as our first episode as well. I think it'd be really good to just give like a little little advice, little introduction to being a brand designer, which is obviously what we do. So I think something quite good to talk about is gonna be why we decided to become <laughs> designers. And how, how think, we've got here as well. I think a lot of people yeah. are going to want to know how we've actually done it because we have different routes that we've taken and we're going to sort of say yes. that there is no correct way to get into design and it's really down to what your preference is. So I didn't actually go to uni. I was always sort of creative since I was little and I did like fine art, graphic design at college. And I think like in my second year, I just really just did not want to go to uni and I don't know what it was I think it was just like I wasn't really like a party person and I just I didn't want that life so I thought like how the hell am I going to get into into design so I just I managed to get into the industry by doing like an apprenticeship and sort of working my way up in the design industry which has sort of got me to where I am but I know it is completely different for Katie she is actually at uni now and yeah, we're just, we're on different routes, aren't we? And we've managed to sort of get to the same same sort of place, but yeah, yeah we've, we've just done different routes. I think it's really important to mention as well, like you don't have to be, you know, our age and starting, because I mean, I know I'm 21, I'm still at uni. You could be, I don't know, 40 years old and you want a career change and you want to get into design and that is totally fine as well. But yeah, me personally, I feel like university was always the route for me. Like I had no other options. Um, my older sister went, to uni and it was it wasn't almost like pressured on me but it was just sort of the standard of like okay that's what I'm gonna do I kind of knew that I wanted to do something creative from when I was really young um, whether it was some kind of design or interior design or film or photography um, I did a levels I did photography a level I did media studies a lot of people don't realize media studies is actually like really graphic design orientated I think people don't realize that but it is because I remember having to design like magazines and posters and all sorts but that sort of that sort of got me into it and so yeah I did my A-levels and then I applied for uni I knew I wanted to do graphic design um obviously got into uni and then it basically turned out to be nothing like what I expected I hated uni still hate it cannot wait for it to be over and I feel like a lot of people who have done design or any sort of similar creative subject at uni feel exactly the same I feel like really yeah the courses especially for me so if you don't know I went or go to the University of Leeds in my final year study design um and uni of leeds is a russell group uni um if you're not from the uk it's basically kind of like a series of research um based universities so i think it's kind of similar to the ivy league in america 
Um, So yeah, Leeds is one of those, which means that absolutely everything I did was so academic and it was essay after essay, learning about history of design. And then every sort of practical project that I would do would be so research heavy and development heavy that it wouldn't really focus on design at all. And I basically just- That sounds like my worst nightmare. Doing complete research. I hate it. I literally, going to uni was my biggest regret. But obviously there are people out there that will want to take that route and that is totally fine as well. And I personally sort of fell into this by accident. So I never sort of sat one day and was like, right, I'm going to be a freelance designer. I'm going to start my own business. It was kind of just, uh, I was uploading some work to Instagram because like everyone on my course had an Instagram page. So we would just sort of upload work onto there. So I was doing the logo call 30 day logo challenge. I was uploading a few logos and then someone that I used to go to school with approached me and was like, can you design me a logo? How much will it cost? And I was like, uh, 30 quid. Um, <laughs> oh my big God. no, no. I think we've all been there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. We're going to do a whole episode on pricing. So just you wait for that. But yeah, but yeah this, this girl approached me, wanted me to do a logo for her and I did it and I really enjoyed it. And then I was like, hey, this is really fun. I can do this for a bit of extra cash on the side. And then it oh just grew God. and grew and grew and it turned out that it was exactly what I wanted to do and here I am (laughs) so that honestly does just that shows the power of social media as well how you can grow your social media and sort of get into design through that route as well which is really good I think there's a common trait of a lot of designers um which is that we are just so passionate about what we do like I don't know about you but I'm just surrounded by design. Like my head is in designer mode 24 seven. Like I'll, I'll be driving down the street and I'll see a van and I'll be like, ew, like what is that kerning on that van? Like that is gross. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, like, oh, I know what that font is. And my boyfriend's like, I really don't care. And I'm like, well, I do. <laughs> like I literally, I'm so passionate about what I do to the point where it doesn't feel like it's work. I just love it so much. And I feel like a lot of designers are just the same. We're so passionate. I think you have to be that passionate to sort of do this sort of job as well. It just, mm-hmm. it isn't one of those jobs that you you can just sort of do. You have to have that creative mindset and always sort of be on the ball and just be really creative and really passionate about what you do. And I think that's with anything that you do as, as your own job as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, something that we all have in common as designers is that we literally work morning noon and night (laughs) we never stop (laughs) ever and into the evening yeah um so yeah so my my working hours right now are just ridiculous like I will wake up at like half seven and then I will not finish until like half nine at night and I know that sounds so (laughs) bad but honestly like when I'm when I'm mid working like the time just goes so quickly and it oh you're in the zone and it gets to like six Mm -hmm. o'clock and I'm like oh my god where have these four hours gone but I it does just show like (laughs) that because I love it it's just like the time goes so quick and it's just so easy to get Mm -hmm. lost within your designs Oh, but don't let this put you off though. Like, yes, we work like maniac <laughs> freaks, but that doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> it's just because that's how our no. brains work. But um, I think one of the most common things is like people never know when to launch. Like they'll sit and be like, okay, this is what I want to do. And then they sit, they do their own branding, they plan, they come up with a strategy, they follow loads of other designers and they just never, they never start. And I think that's something that's really common. So I think one of my biggest pieces of advice is just do it just make a start stop trying to make everything so perfect and just get your work out there like you're not gonna achieve anything by just sat behind a blank Instagram 100% and I feel like before you launch as well you need to have 
your social media sort of you need to have posts done so that when you are trying to interact with other accounts mm-hmm. you already have pieces of work on your account so that people know that like you are active and you are posting yes. and you're ready to go so there's no point in just sort of not posting and worrying about your posts because you just yeah you just need to get your posts out there and just go for it I know it's kind of contradictory but sometimes it's quantity over quality when you're starting because um, we are I gonna, believe that too yeah, yeah. we are going to touch more on social media towards the end of this episode but um, I think I get a lot of followers from designers that are just starting I click on their pages and I see no profile picture, no posts, and I don't follow Nothing. them back. Yeah. So if somebody followed me that was new and then I clicked on their page and they had like loads of posts on there and I really liked their work, I would then follow them. And, you know, there's no point in following tons and tons of people with a blank Instagram because they're just not no. going to follow you back. So. No. <laughs> so just start, just get your work out there, build up your portfolio a little bit, passion projects. I think we're going to do another episode on some passion projects in the future, but just doing fake briefs get your work out there the logo core 30 day logo challenge is a really great way to like get briefs i know mjp multimedia has a brand challenge crew creative has a brand challenge with loads of like practice briefs so just make a start and design and upload basically i think as well you can with passion projects you can just google anything you there's websites that will generate a business name for you so you can just create a brand from literally doing that too i think it also helps you to find your niche and your style um like i think this is something that's so big there are a lot of designers that go into things thinking okay i have to have my design style figured out and no. I mean, have you met me? I have been through every single design style in the book. <laughs> Do you know what? I I think that was my struggle at the start. I'm not going to lie. Mm. I think I really struggled because I thought when I went into it, I had to have a certain style and I had to have it down to a T before I launched. But you do not have to do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you don't have a style, it's probably better because you're going to find your style as you progress. And as you design more, you'll find what works for you and what other people like and what you like. And it's just about just getting stuff out there. Don't stick to a certain style and just try loads of different styles because that is something that I just so struggled with so much. Design is such a like evolutionary and experimental process it would be so unreasonable to expect someone to just go into something and just have everything perfectly designed because it's not how creative minds work you need to play with different styles experiment when I first started my design style was probably actually quite similar to Abby's where everything was really playful because I was looking up to designers like Lucy Jennings um, Lucy's logos because they were like the big creators in the industry and I was almost sort of trying to follow in their footsteps but then (laughs) eventually the more I designed and as I started to get clients and I was doing more passion projects I actually discovered that I preferred more of a boho style so I played around with that for a while found some new inspirations and then I started to do more minimalist modern stuff and it's totally fine because as long as you're putting stuff out there that you love you're going to attract those clients and I mean attracting clients is a whole other thing but we're going to do a whole episode on I think as well it's okay to change your style as well I think a lot of designers get scared when they go into one certain style and then think that they can't sort of change it up as they go along but you totally can you can change whatever you want if you want to start off like Katie did Mm -hmm. with bold bright and out there and then go into boho because you actually ended up liking that that's absolutely fine to do so you do not have to stick to like that one certain style definitely and the same thing goes for your branding and your own Instagram page stop being so OCD about your Instagram feed and just 
get the content That's out it. there. <laughs> it's hard because some sometimes things can be restricting, but I, like if you look at my feed, I to be honest, I don't follow a certain sort of theme. I just post because I like the look of it. And I think in the mm-hmm. past it has restricted me because I've been like, oh, I'm not posting this because it doesn't fit with my feed. And do you know what? If you want to post it, just post it. But at the end of the day, who are you more likely to work with? A designer who has 10 projects on their Instagram page or on their portfolio versus a client who has one really pristine project. You're going to work with the one that has yeah. more because yeah. they look like they have more experience, even though they might all be fake briefs. So there is something that bugs me in this industry and it needs to be said, okay? Canva. I, do you know what? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Canva is not professional design software. If you are creating logos and brandings for your clients, do not use Canva. I cannot scream it loudly enough. <laughs> if you don't know what Canva is, good. Leave it there. Um, if you do know what Canva is, so it's like a the whole idea behind the app was that it was designed for non-designers and amateurs who don't have any design skills to go in and create their own logos and their own social media graphics. It wasn't created for designers. Um, Don't get me wrong, Canva is great if you're doing things like social media templates for your clients. I was going to say, I I think Canva can be good if once you have your brand done and you want to sort of get on social media, put things out there that is branded. Canva is great for clients to use to get everything sort of branded and the same. And consistent, but yeah, if you, yeah. That's it. If you are a designer using Canva, this is not the platform you need to be using. You need to be investing into the proper design software that is going to allow you to have the proper files for your clients. Oh, 100%. And... Adobe, so Adobe Illustrator, Adobe InDesign, Photoshop, XD, all of those things, they are the industry standard. If you go into any agency job or work for an in-house design team, you're going to be using Adobe. So if you're going to make one investment in your business, it has to be Adobe. Yes, it can be pricey. And, you know, if you're not in a position to be able to get that budget, you know, if you're a student, they do student discount, which is amazing. Um, You can pay monthly for it. They often do little promotions and discounts. I'm sure you can get free trials of the programs as well um, so that you can learn how to use them. Personally, I find that being self-taught in these programs is the best way to do things. Um, A couple of YouTube tutorials will get you, you know, it will stretch far, essentially. Um, I, I pretty much taught myself how to use the program. Um, I don't know about you, Abby. I used it in college, but they didn't, do you know what? They didn't really teach you. I don't know if this is the same as uni, but they didn't actually teach you how to use the software. Yeah, definitely. And it was just, it was really bad. So yeah, I sort of taught myself. And then when I went into my apprenticeship, that is when I learned on the job. And I think that for me was one of the most valuable things that I sort of did through going into the industry was just sort of learning on the job, making the mistakes that I made and learning mm-hmm. from it and just sort of, yeah, using it there. But definitely, if I don't know how to do something in, say, Adobe Illustrator, I will just YouTube or Google and there will be a quick tutorial on it and then I've learned it and then I move on. 100%. I think it's important to talk about what each program is for as well because I remember when I very, very first started designing. So actually when I was 16, I did some work experience at a local design agency as part of like a school 
school thing. Um, while my friends were off working at like Waitrose and Superdrug, I was doing a, a design agency, which was pretty fun. But the <laughs> only thing I knew how to use then was Photoshop because I did photography and it was the only Adobe program I knew how to yeah. use. So I was creating all the logos in Photoshop. Um, don't do this. <laughs> so that's... See, I think that's, that's the thing as well. There's a lot of Instagram accounts um, that are logo designers and they use Photoshop and you can't you cannot use Photoshop as a way of creating logos because you're not getting a vector file it's gonna be it's gonna be pixelated and it's just yeah you you just can't use that I would solely use Photoshop for editing images and that is I mean, it does what it says on the tin, Photoshop, use it for photos. I yeah. personally use Photoshop for mock-ups. Um, so yeah. if you if you don't know what mock-ups are, I'm sure you, you probably do, but um, if you're trying to like mock your logo onto a business card, you'll use Photoshop for that. And that's great. But Illustrator, and I believe InDesign as well, are vector-based yeah. programs, which means that if you export as a PDF or even just within the the like AI or IND file, you when you zoom in, it doesn't become pixelated or blurred, which is exactly what you want because it means that, say if you're working with a client that needs, I don't know, a shop sign, they're not gonna zoom into that file and it become pixelated because that is like the one of the biggest like design faux pas. Is that what it's called, a faux pas? Or am I making that up? Yeah, no. I think it <laughs> no, is. I think it. it is. You get like a fashion yeah, yeah, yeah. faux pas, right? Yeah, this is design faux pas. So yeah, please do not use Photoshop to make logos. If it's the only thing you know how to use, that's fine because you've got the basics down, but really try and yeah. learn how to use Illustrator. Um, Illustrator is going to be the best thing for you to use for making logos. Um, I personally use InDesign for things like presentations. Um, InDesign, you're supposed to use it for doing things like leaflets as well. I don't. I do them in Illustrator, just personal preference. It depends. So yeah. Yeah, within design it's more for say if it's like a magazine layout or you've got a really mm-hmm. long document but say for example it's just an a5 flyer that's double-sided i will just go straight yes. into illustrator and i will just do everything in there but yeah if it is say like a 10 page spread i would definitely 100 recommend learning in design because that is what it is should be used for but yeah so i mean design tools you know if you're a real beginner try and invest in adobe if you can't try and find a discount or try and use a free trial don't use canva don't use photoshop adobe illustrator is your go-to so yeah speaking of investment um with adobe programs i think the most important thing as well when you're first starting is really investing in yourself with time and within your business with other things like websites mock-ups and I don't know what sort of you did when you first started or what you invested in but I think mine was definitely the Adobe software I went out and actually bought myself um, an iMac Mm -hmm. so I could sort of use the software um, that I needed for it because obviously you'll need a certain amount of RAM and whatever else you'll need for the computer. (laughs) I'm not very tech lingo so um, I'm just going to say RAM and hope people know what that means. Um, But yeah I just invested in those two things and that is sort of what got me going and I think that is a good place to start. I don't know what what you started with. Yeah I mean Adobe was pretty much the first thing I invested in I had to have it for uni it was like a it wasn't optional I had to have it um so obviously (laughs) I I think I'd had Adobe for a really long time because I used to pay for Photoshop and then I added everything else into it but yeah Adobe was one of the first investments I made and it actually was quite a long time before I invested in anything else I already had a MacBook for uni purposes um 
So when I yeah. first started, um, a website was probably one of the thing, the next things I invested in. It took me a little while because when I started, I was like a broke ass student. I had no money. I didn't even want to spend money on like a font. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I started up my website on some like the cheapest web builder that I could possibly find. I think it was like seven pound a month or something. It was some really bad like portfolio website. And I built myself a little portfolio and I actually used that for a little while. And then a few months later, I invested in Squarespace, which is what I personally use. There are loads of different platforms. I don't think you use Squarespace, do you? No, I I personally use Wix. I've used Wix for like two years now. And because I am solely using it for a way of my clients sort of getting in touch with me inquiring and just holding information as well as my portfolio Mm -hmm. so for me I only need it as like an information basis so it works perfectly for me and what I need it for. But yeah, if I was to say set up a shop or whatever, I know Wix does it. I'm not too sure. Which is exactly what I yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not too sure on how good it is, but it's something I'm going to have to obviously look into. Um, but yeah, I will definitely sort of in the future see if I can change it up and maybe do do a course on Squarespace or show it and see see what it is because I Mm -hmm. I'm just not I have never been into web design and that sort of I mean I design my own website and because I am a creative like I know what looks good and what works but it's definitely something I'm probably going to have to sort of invest into and get into more see I'm going to do a cheeky plug here so if you didn't know (laughs) I have some website templates (laughs) up on my shop and if you're feeling fancy and if if you don't want to spend a ton of time trying to develop a website and if you want something that looks professional from the get-go um you can use code off air to get 20% off a website template on my shop (gasps) so yeah save that is this the first yeah, off-air the first of discount? discount code? So <laughs> even if you're a designer, if you're a photographer, if you're just a creative business owner, these templates are going to be perfect for you. I have tons of portfolio ones up on there that have been designed with like creatives in mind. Even if you're like a social media manager or a copywriter, they're going to be perfect for you. So you know, go on there. It's going to be a much cheaper option than trying to like yeah. hire a web designer. Do it yourself. Ooh, yeah, or yeah. try and do it yourself because it can take hours and hours and hours. Um, so yeah. I think another thing that's great to invest in is mock-ups and fonts. Yes. I did not invest in these, honestly, until about six months into my business. Purely no, because same. I didn't have the income to sort of spend on things for my business if that made sense and up until then I was using like google fonts adobe fonts um I was using free mock-ups which is totally fine and if you you know you don't have the funds to invest in them but as you sort of grow bigger um it's a really great way to level up and really like professionalize is that a word (laughs) do you know what when I when I first started I had no clue about mock-ups at all it was I was oblivious to it and I was like what how like people's work look amazing like how are they getting these boxes made like surely they're not doing that and then obviously I just found out that like mock-ups existed and ever since then it's just like mock-up mock-up and I know sometimes that can be bad because you do want to see actual photos so I do try and show photos of like clients that have got work done by me but yeah if clients aren't getting stuff printed and you're wanting to show how something is gonna look and you want to make your portfolio look amazing yeah 100% recommend investing into mock-ups I couldn't imagine what my portfolio slash Instagram feed would look up if it wasn't oh it would be bad like it would just not it would be bad I, I was talking a little while ago on my Instagram about how 
sort of brand photography using stock photos and mock-ups can really yeah. like make your work look so much more professional. It just enhances the brand, doesn't it? It just looks incredible. So what are your favourite resources for mock-ups? Like where, where do you go? So I would say Creative Market is definitely one. I use Envato Elements. I don't know if you've come across Envato. They do some... I've not heard of that, oh, they, no. They do some amazing stuff on there that you can get like fonts, oh, cool. um, mock-ups, bit of everything really that you get from there. So that's my sort of two that I go to. And sometimes like you can find... Mm-hmm. good free mock-ups if you really go looking hard like you can find yeah. some like if you're specifically looking for something um then you can find some free ones but yeah that normally the good ones are you're gonna have to pay for them and that is that is it do you know what graphic pair is actually one of my favorites they're free i've they been on that yeah ton of free stuff if you're looking for something really specific like i think i was on there the other day and i saw like a a petrol can mock-up and I was like oh my god what why <laughs> like you know the little like red things that yeah you get yeah to, like, fill up petrol <laughs> or, or like a gas canister I don't know like I saw that on there and I was like why on earth would you need that but you know they have literally everything, everything. under the sun on there I was looking for a candle mock-up earlier that was really specific because my client knew the sort of candle that she wanted so I couldn't just use any old one and I had to find something specific and I found it on graphic pair and it's all totally free um Aside from that, um, I use Moyo Studio a lot. Um, I'm actually an affiliate of them, so if you wanna <laughs> plug in myself, another plug in, yeah, if you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna check out Moyo Studio, there is a link in my Instagram bio that you can go and check out. But they do some amazing mock-ups. The thing I love about Moyo Studio is they look so natural, like. If yeah. you didn't know about Moyo Studio, you would come across it and think that that person had taken the photo themselves. It's they real. look so naturalistic. A lot of mock-ups have just sort of plain backgrounds and it's just sort of the product, which I don't mind from time to time. It totally depends on the project. But Moyo yeah. Studio, I use in a lot of my own work. Like I have a design shop, so I use it a lot for that to sort of I show think- my products in real life and it really works. I think as well, it definitely fits your aesthetic. They're very, mm-hmm. like, minimal and very classy. And yes. if you are that sort of designer, then, yeah, that's going to be perfect for you. Yeah, so I think there's some of our, like, top resources for mock-ups. Um, I think mock-ups and fonts are definitely a really great investment to make. And I find that when you sort of get into them, you can't stop. Like, I, I used to refuse to pay money for fonts. I, I hated it. I used to be, I'm, not, I'm not paying for £30 for a font. Obviously, it is something really important to touch on as well, and I get this asked a lot of the time. If you're using fonts for client projects, you can't just go on to, like, dafont.com and, like, download a free demo of a font and you that you have to have a commercial no. license. Um, there is a little workaround way of like if you just provide them with a vector format like just the the like jpeg of the logo which you should never do by the way but if you do that it doesn't really count as like the licensing but you do you know what i get a lot of questions as well asking like what do you do with fonts when you work with clients so say like you use a font and then you send the logo to your client like do they have to pay for the font or can you send them the font and Mm -hmm. you cannot send them the font unless obviously it is a special license that covers two people or whatever i think on creative market you can buy seats 
seats or like I don't know if it's yeah. the market but there are some websites you buy like seats so you can buy say two seats and then you That's and it. the client would be covered it's normally one license isn't it yeah. and I just to be honest I just tell my client that this is the like the name of your font you can buy it from here and normally I think you can get like two different licenses so like a commercial license and then I think there's another one that's specifically for like website like a web and app that's it yeah so you have to sort of make sure you know like for your client which one to buy so they know that they're not going to get caught out with something like that yeah on creative market I think it's the desktop license that you need but if anything yeah. it's personal license like you don't want to touch Do that not. Per- personal no. license even if you're just using them for things like social media posts it still counts as commercial use because you're using it to aid your business um yeah. so always make sure you have commercial fonts Obviously, Adobe fonts and Google fonts are totally free. And there are actually some type foundries out there as well that do have free fonts. Um, So yeah, just like go and check it out. Mr. Mockup has some amazing font bundles as well. I have quite a few of those. Um, But yeah, essentially when I'm doing fonts for clients, like I don't go out of my way to specifically buy a specific font for a specific project. I will just randomly buy fonts whenever I feel like it and then like if I see something nice I'm like oh that would be cool for for like a project in the future I'll just buy it and then have it in my library collection which is another reason why you can't just send them to your client because it's your personal library of font another thing to mention as well is so we're obviously we're not going to be touching too heavily on the admin side of like the tax side of things um but keep a record of your expenses from day one even if you think okay I'm like oh my god this is this is something I didn't do no me too and it caught me out and oh it was just a nightmare trying to find like my accounts and like things that money that people had sent me and I was doing it through like PayPal and my bank I have like three different bank accounts and I'm not even joking I was taking money through them all (laughs) trying to go through them six months later to sort of sort my taxes out it was a nightmare so make sure that you are keeping a record of everything that's going in and everything that's going out even if you feel like oh I'm only earning a hundred pound a month I was like that at the beginning too and now I'm I'm earning enough to pay tax, let's just say that. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I need to go back over all of those original months when I was earning a couple hundred pounds and write down all my expenses. Even if you feel like, oh, I'm never going to get to that point where I'm paying tax. I think here in the UK, you have to be earning, I think anything under £12,000, you don't have to pay tax on. So say if you you earn like £12,000, £100, you pay tax on that £100. So always keep a track of them. And also... It just helps you to know how much you're earning per month and how much you're spending. Um, Because it's really great to be like, oh, actually, I could afford to spend a little bit more on fonts this month. Or just keeping a record of stuff. It's really helpful. And like knowing what you're spending money on as well. You can put that against sort of what you're earning. And it's just good to keep a record, isn't it? And something that I didn't do and I regretted because my mum is an accountant, luckily. So she has managed to help me massively. (laughs) I know. Um, So we went back and had a look. But yeah, it was it was all over the place and something that I regretted and something that I should not have done. (laughs) Okay, so the thing that you're probably all waiting for in this podcast is social media and building your audience. Um, I think we do have an episode. We've got so many episodes planned. You guys aren't even ready. But I know. We do We've have got a, full, a lot planned. Yeah, we do have a full episode planned on social media because obviously, as we mentioned before, Abby and I basically use social media as our main business outlet. So we have a lot of advice to share on that front. But um, we're just going to go over a few things um, in terms of getting started. Yeah, so I think 
The first thing is if you have your business name ready, make sure that there is an account name available for you because I know this can be so, so tricky with like finding stuff. And I know Katie, like you've struggled with this when you relaunched your wildflower. Yeah, so my Instagram username is at... (laughs) wildflowerdesign.co underscore which is like it's not the most professional thing ever like try and avoid having dots and underscores and numbers in your yeah. username if you can get that's exactly what I had to do mm-hmm. yeah because yours has got an underscore mine's underscore Abby Design, which is okay but it's still so annoying if you are thinking of like rebranding and finding a business name then make sure you are checking like Instagram as well because for us it is a massive platform and to have like your name correct and available mm-hmm. is like a massive thing I think and if you are going to have a website as well make sure that you can get the domain name yeah so it's I'm not really the best example of this but (laughs) my Instagram username my website and my Facebook are all different I think my Facebook is wildflowerdesignstudio.co because it just wasn't available and my website is wildflowerdesignco.co.uk so they're all a bit different from each other so I would have tried to avoid doing that if you can but unfortunately I had my heart set on the name before I did this so um, make sure that the names are available yeah make sure that domain name is available and make sure it looks professional as well so also you want to get brand ready so nobody is going to invest in you if your own brand isn't anything to rave about and I think a really good example of this is High Moon Studio her brand is like immaculate yeah and everything about her social media presence is her own brand and I think that's why a lot of people choose to work for her I mean obviously I can't speak for her because I, I don't know her story but a lot of people are very much drawn into her like vibe and her style and that's what you really want for your brand everything from your yeah. your logo obviously you know we're brand designers here we know that your logo isn't everything so everything from your logo to your website to your social media posts to even your brand photography is gonna come across as or needs to come across as what you want to portray if that makes any sense at all (laughs) yeah it does I know we spoke at the start about just getting stuff out there I mean it's good to get stuff out there but you just have to make sure it's consistent so if you are going with a style just go with that style and if you do change it across your journey then change it but stick with that next style and just try and like keep it consistent it does sound a little bit contradictory I mean I am the perfect example of somebody who's honestly had like 10 to 15 logos in the past (laughs) um which is what I think we spoke about in the introduction but I have had so many logos before because I'm constantly like oh I want to change things I want to change things I could never settle on something and if that's you that's totally fine but as long as while you have that one logo everything is consistent I mean don't Don't go having like 20 rebrands within like a month because that does not look good. But if it is like a rebrand every say like three months or whatever, then that's going to be okay because you've obviously grown out of a style and you've moved on to something like better and more you. And it's that's totally fine to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think another important thing to touch on is obviously we've said just do it, get your stuff out there. Don't worry about your feed looking too perfect, but a really great idea is to plan your content and post consistently. Obviously, the Instagram algorithm is like a hot topic in the community right now because it really yeah. it really can be damaging for small creators because our stuff doesn't get seen. Um, I personally have stopped using hashtags for a number of reasons that I'm not going to talk about right now, but as a small creator... Hashtags get me. I, d- I, I thought I got them and then they just... just I don't working. know what has happened, but it's just like, it just, they do not work. And I'm like, what? 
what is going on why yeah, i just stopped using hashtags um i would still use them if you're like trying to get yourself out there we're not going to talk too much about hashtags because it's like a whole topic but no plan your content um i personally have like a few different areas of content that i will delve into the first one is brand design obviously you want to get your work out there that's probably one of the most important things the second is personal posts um photographs of your workspace or yourself they do the best do you know what at the start I would never ever post anything personal because I had the mindset that this is my business and this is separate to my life. And I think that is where people go wrong. Like you need Mm -hmm. to be just involving absolutely every element of your life within your business because you got to remember like we're not robots and people want to see personal stuff because that is things that they can relate to the most. And it's just something I did not do because I had that mindset set on like, no, this is my business. I'm not involving anyone else in my personal life. But honestly, you you need to get on sharing personal posts because it Mm -hmm. does make a difference. Even if you don't feel quite comfortable with putting your face out there yet, you can always um, do it in the comments. So if you, when you upload, say a picture of a logo, the caption doesn't have to be branding for X. It it can be anything you want. The, The amount of times I've uploaded something and the caption has been totally unrelated. It actually works really well for engagement because some people might be more interested in the caption than the actual post and they'll like it and share it for that reason. Whereas if you just upload a plain thing of branding, it's not going to be as interesting. I think the only design business accounts on Instagram that upload pure branding are like the big agencies because they're like an agency. You got to remember that even if you do eventually have like a small team on your side, you're still a small business owner and people like to see that and it is another reason for why people will choose to work with you so I think that's really important third category of posts that I upload are educational posts yeah um you don't have to be like a big designer to be uploading educational posts it can be things like uploading your favorite fonts or your favorite resources for mock-ups um you know just small things that are just can be helpful to other people shareable content is one of the best ways to overcome the instagram algorithm a hundred percent yeah i feel like educational posts do well but on the other hand i would say that if that is not your style and you don't want the main point to be gain followers Mm -hmm. then you don't have to share educational posts either like you you can just be posting because i think that's where a lot of people like i've seen so many people now posting educational posts because that is the main thing to sort of get followers but I feel like a lot of people are gonna downfall on this because Mm -hmm. it's not posts that they're actually wanting to put out and they're just putting it out because it's educational and they feel like they're gonna get followers so I feel like if you like putting educational posts out and you feel like that's helping people and you like that then put them out but if that is not you then just just post what you want. Mm -hmm. I think overall as long as you're posting content that you personally love and you personally enjoy and you would click on if you were looking at someone else's page, that's all that matters because then you're going to attract like-minded people. And that's where I went wrong, to be honest, at the start. I was putting out content that I thought people would like and I didn't necessarily like it myself, but I was doing it because I thought, you know what, people are going to like this. And then I just, I sort of lost the joy at the start because I I didn't know like what to post. And I thought the posts mm-hmm. that I was putting out were 
going to be good for people but then they weren't and then because people weren't liking them I had my confidence knocked and I think the thing that has really helped me is I literally post because I love that Mm -hmm. post and I know deep down like this is what I want to post and I think that's what you have to go for yeah I personally plan all my content in advance sometimes I'll only have a week's content in advance sometimes I'll have it a month in advance it literally just depends where my mind's at creative wise but I feel like sometimes I get so excited about the next thing to post that I will upload twice in a day because I'm just so excited to post it. <laughs> I think I think that's where you want to be. Yeah, with planning posts as well. So what I do, I personally plan like a month of posts, but I don't actually design them. So I will plan Monday to Sunday. I will write down exactly what post it's going to be and then a week before I will start designing each post so I sort of have an idea for the month like which post is going out on what day but I don't have them designed because I find like it's really hard to know how to design them until you're actually like a week before because something might happen on my Instagram that I want to upload and then that means everything else has gone out the window so I sort of just do it like that and plan plan each month but then just design a week before and that really helps me see I I feel like I'm not as organized as that I tend to just sit down and go right (laughs) Let's make some posts. I have a massive thing on my notes app on my phone. You have so many things have, on your honestly, notes. I feel sorry I for hundreds, your notes. I have, <laughs> I have hundreds and hundreds of ideas for posts. And I'll be like, okay, I want to design something. Um, and then I'll go through, I'll find something, I'll pick it and I'll design it and like plan it. Um, and I yeah. think that's that's another great way of doing things. I find that as designers, our brains work in really weird ways. We can't just sit and do like nine to five. Like I'll find no if it's like 3 p.m. and my mind is just not in the creative mood, it's best to just not force yourself to work and just have a break. No. And then sometimes at 11 p.m. I'll be like, oh, I'm in the mood to design some content. <laughs> and I'll just sit <laughs> at my computer and like plan like 10 posts. And I think that's the best way to do it. Just do it when and as you feel like it. Yeah. followers are not everything there are so many designers out there that will have like 300 followers on instagram but they will guaranteed be making more money than me and getting more clients than me because they're using other platforms um followers are not everything i mean yes me and abby are sat here with however many thousand followers but really it doesn't matter you can you know it really doesn't no like at the end of the day followers don't equal clients the majority of my followers are other designers and I mean they're not the ones that are paying me to do work for them at the end of the day no I think as well like if anything was to happen to Instagram and we lost our accounts or our followers that is gonna be tough on us so I would go onto other platforms as well because I know a lot of other people do that so make sure you spread yourself a large and you're not just on Instagram you've got Pinterest, LinkedIn is a great one for more agency type bigger work. Um, You've got Dribble. I've started. Yeah. I've started on TikTok, and you know what? I'm. I get a few messages on my Instagram saying that they've come across from TikTok and followed me. So it's good to just sort of get your name out there whilst you can. Just like test the waters, try yeah. different platforms, see what takes off. Just because we use Instagram and it works for us doesn't mean it's going to no. work for you. So. You know, and even social media, like, yes, it's really, really great. But some people just, they just don't get along with it. 
I mean, things like Behance and Dribble, they're also great for like more portfolio based work. And, and yeah, it depends where you're sort of trying to target people. But your followers aren't everything. Don't get yourself bummed out if you've been doing it for a month and you only have 100 followers because it took me ages <laughs> to reach 10,000. Yeah, same. At least a year. And that was growing at a quick rate yeah. as well. So I think some people as well do expect sort of things to happen overnight and you you have to be patient because although you see someone doing well on social media and they have all these followers and they look like they've got loads of clients, like you don't know how hard they have worked to get there or you don't know the journey that they've been on to get there so I do think like do not compare yourself to other people and just go at your rate and don't sort of look at what other people are doing because I feel like that can get a lot of people down and it got me down at the start so I think it's just important to remember that like find what works for you just because you know I'm uploading educational posts all the time doesn't mean that's going to work for you so don't compare yourself and you know let let it get you down and I think this is actually a really good segue. <laughs> I don't know why I call it that. A good transition into the into the final part of our podcast, which is where we're going to talk about what you guys wish that you knew when you first started designing. Um, so I asked everybody over on um, my Instagram page this morning and also over on the Facebook group, which if you didn't know, I have a Facebook group. It's called Designers Collective. It's a really great community of loads of designers. I'm not going to go too in depth, but if you want to join, <laughs> go and check it out. Um, so I asked everybody over on there, what was one thing that you wish that you knew when you first started your design business. So um, Abby, do you wanna go first and then we can, I'll do mine and then we can read out some. Yeah, I've been asked this before and I do honestly think the main thing for me is like not comparing yourself to other people because I really felt this when I first started. I would go onto Instagram, go onto social media and I would see these amazing designers putting Mm -hmm. out amazing posts and just feeling like, oh my God, I am not good enough to be like these people like why is my work not as good as these people and then that really yeah I was yeah it really knocked my confidence and it made me not want to post because I felt like my work was not valuable and it wasn't as good as these other designers and I sort of felt like people would judge me because my work wasn't as good um but yeah I slowly started to realize that like I don't want to copy other people. I don't want to be like someone else. I want to be me. So just found myself not comparing myself to other people. And that is where I really flourished and saw a change in my work and a change in myself when I stopped comparing myself to others because you're not going to be like someone else because you are you. And I feel like a lot of designers go through this and Mm -hmm. you do compare yourself to other people, but you have to try and get out of that. And imposter syndrome. Yeah, you have to try and get out of that and just, just not focus on what other people are doing because at the end of the day like you got to focus on yourself because you only do have you at the end of the day those other people that are designing aren't going to be there for you they're not going to be there so just do you and find your style oh 100% I totally agree um I think for me one thing that I really wish that I knew when I first started was it's okay to say no to clients yeah people that are inquiring with you if they're not your design style, if you don't like the brief, if you're not vibing with the client's business, or even if 
you know, they come across as like a red flag client, you don't have to take that client on. Even if it's your first ever client inquiry, do not feel pressured to take on that client if you feel like they're not right for you. Because I did this at the beginning and ended up with a couple of situations um, because I was just saying yes to everyone that came in my door because I was like, I want to be fully booked. I think more than anything, it's really important that you're working with the right clients. I say no to so many clients nowadays. Um, uh, do you know what? I'm the same. Oh, God, that sounds so bad, doesn't it? Like I get so many inquiries no, and I say no to all if of them. Not... No, if they don't fit in with your design style, it's very hard to say yes to them. I feel like you, mm-hmm. once you get to the stage where you know who you are as a designer, like you'll know if the client is right for you or not. But at the start, I was exactly the same. I literally took on every single project that was not me and there were downfalls with the project. But I will say that at the start, Mm -hmm. I do think it is okay to take on any client because you need need to learn from it and find what you like designing, what you don't. Mm -hmm. And without that, I feel like you're not going to know if you like designing that sort of logo or that brand. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, if I hadn't had some of the, shall we say, awkward clients in my past, I wouldn't have learned certain lessons. Um, I think it's, as bad as it is, I think it's always important to have to deal with a nightmare client because you learn things from that. You learn about your process, you learn about yourself as a designer, you learn about client boundaries. Okay, shall we get into reading some of the things that people have said? Because I think there are some really good ones in here that I wouldn't have personally thought of. So there's one on here that says, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. No one will know how talented you are. And if you don't tell slash show them. So yeah, we touched on this at the start about sort of putting yourself out there and just going for it. And I really do think you you can't be afraid. You just have to honestly go for it. And if you don't, like, it's you're only going to regret it. Yeah, it's only your responsibility if you're not, like, uploading stuff or getting your stuff out there. Yeah. There's another one that I really like on here, which is success doesn't happen overnight. It takes time to attract those dream clients and gain, gain exposure. Again, we've sort of touched on this, but it is so true. Like, I have a few people in my inbox and they're like, oh my God, I've been doing this for like three months now and I only have like a thousand followers. And I'm like, what? That's really good. Or they're like, I'm not booking clients. Why am I not booking clients? Like, can you coach me? I'm like, you're doing really well. Success does not happen overnight. Do you know what? I think it's because they're seeing you now as the person that you are um, with the this amount of followers and they're expecting the exact same but they don't know Katie like six months ago or like Mm -hmm. a year ago who wasn't who wasn't booking clients and was going through her rebrands and you know what like they've only joined you on on this stage of your journey and they haven't seen that so I think a lot of people can fall under that trap and not know what that person's journey has been I think once you hit a thousand followers, that's when you start to grow a a bit of a more substantial rate. But again, followers aren't everything. You're not gonna grow overnight. It took me a year to get to 10,000 followers. Like, and it took me six months to start consistently booking clients as well. So really just keep working at it. Don't let it dishearten you if you feel like you're not getting anywhere because it does, it takes a lot of time and effort as well. There's another one on here that I liked that I didn't really think about, which was never make big decisions when you're burnt out. Ooh, this is a good one. We've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there. And I feel like you can get burnt out and you can 
make these rash decisions and reply to emails when you're you're feeling awful oh my just goodness. take time out before you do make these decisions and I especially feel like replying to emails is a big thing when you're not feeling great yeah a hundred percent if if you get like a piece of feedback through and you know you've sent over the branding project and the client goes yeah I'm a bit disappointed oh, I don't really God. like it um isn't necessarily the nicest about it which does happen um it can make you feel a bit upset and for me personally it almost makes me feel a bit defensive and I feel like I need to go in there and be like no I've done this for a reason like why don't you like it (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes all you need to do is cool off sometimes even I will write out an email and draft it in my notes and then I will look at it a few hours later or the next day and like make changes to it because there's nothing worse than like rashly replying to an email and then it you know if you reply with sort of a a more harsher tone it could actually lose your client when you're burnt out just if you're having like a period of creative block just take some time off. Listen to your bodies. As I was saying earlier, creative minds don't work on like a nine to five clock. Sometimes you will be in the zone. Sometimes you won't. So yeah, definitely never make big decisions when you're burnt out. I think that's a, that's a really good one. Okay, so the last one, um, and we're going to wrap it up here, is don't undersell yourself or your work. Know your worth. And I think this is a really, really great one to end things on. Um, Abby and I will be doing a big episode on pricing. Um, we might have a little guest in there too, which I think is coming next week for you. Um, but know your worth. Don't be going out there charging £30 for a logo because it's just, it's undervaluing yourself and your talent so much. Design is a hard skill and people don't realise it. People just think that you can whip up a logo in five minutes and it's really not a case of that. For me, a branding project takes at least 10 hours and I'm a fast worker. It can take people like 20 hours to do a branding project and I think 50 quid, like, come on, that's below minimum wage. I do think though, you will find your worth so if you aren't feeling like your work is worthy enough at the moment don't worry because I have been there like at the start Mm -hmm. I did not see the value in my work which may sound Mm -hmm. really bad because I am a designer but yeah I was sending clients work that I wasn't comfortable with and I think that's because of the price that I was charging and I didn't value myself so if I can't value myself like how do I how am I going to expect clients to value me And I feel like as you progress through your journey as a designer, you will understand your worth and you will know exactly what is right for you. Yeah, what is right for you and what you should be charging at that point in time. And you're only gonna do that by progressing. You're not gonna go into things and start charging 500 quid when you've never worked with a client before because it's, you, you can't, you don't have the no. experience, you don't have the skill. You have no experience, yeah. Well, not that you don't have the skill, that's probably the wrong thing to say. You don't have the experience and the, the practice of working with clients. And when I first started working with clients, my process looked completely different to what it did now. And the only reason it's at the point it is now is because I worked with so many clients. And you will build upon it, you will yeah. evolve, you will find your worth. Um, don't completely undervalue yourself by charging like 30, 50 pound for a branding package because you just don't need to be doing that. There are people out there, trust me, there are people out there that will pay big money for the services that you're offering. Yeah. Um, 
obviously we're going to go much much into depth and it's really hard not to go off on a tangent with this one but <laughs> we wanted just to expand <laughs> I on know. it but yeah we've got, we'll have a whole episode on it <laughs> but yeah just just try really hard I know imposter syndrome can be a really big issue and you feel like who am I to be charging 200 pound for this branding package but really you know it's a skilled profession you're running your own business you have outgoing costs it's a thing that you really need to take into consideration and pricing is really difficult but that is going to be next week's episode with a very exciting guest so I hope you're all looking forward to that one but yeah I mean that I think that's more or less all we have today um I think this has been a pretty long episode and if you stuck to the end, congratulations. Thank you for the support. We did we did touch on a lot this episode, but we wanted it to be super clear sort of what yes. you should be doing if you are just starting out and we wanted to touch on a lot of things but not in too much detail so further on our episodes we can sort of go into a lot more detail when we do those oh 100 percent. like as we've said we've got an episode on social media we've got an episode on pricing which is going to go really really in depth into strategy we might even reveal what we charge um talking to a guest about what they do um yeah so that there's going to be some really exciting stuff going forward we have so much planned and i really hope that you have found this episode helpful in some ways. I, I hope that there's at yeah. least one thing that you can take away from this because at the end of the day, that's really our goal. So if you aren't already, make sure you go and follow us over on Instagram. Our Instagram account is off air pod and we'll be posting a lot of things on there. Me and Katie will probably be doing a lot of lives, a lot of stories on there. So if you do have anything interesting that you think will make a really good episode or even just a question or anything that you think that will be useful for this podcast, then make sure you send us a DM and, um, hopefully we can get you on the podcast I think hopefully I don't know if because obviously we're filming these episodes in advance I hope this is a thing by the time we launch but hopefully we should have a place where you can go and anonymously submit stories um so that you know we can read them yes. out and stuff we will be doing something similar to what we did today where we sort of asked you guys what was one thing that you wish you knew because it's really great to get other people's perspectives on things too so we are trying to make this a really engaging involved podcast so that's all for this week. Um, obviously, go give me a follow, Katie, at wildflowerdesign.co underscore. <laughs> and underscore Abby Design on Instagram. And we will see you for the next episode. Bye.